0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What up, Grizz Nation? This is the Hoop Ball Grizz Podcast. Isaac Simpson with you, and you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, man. Make sure you go over to at Hoop Ball Grizz and give us a follow. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, We're continuing our draft coverage tonight with a very special guest. Man, it's been a while since I've caught up with my guy, man, going back to Man Cave Sports Show days, my radio show back on AM 730, man, back in the day. He left us, man, moved out to, to sunny Long Beach, California, but we won't hold it against him, man. He's still here in spirit. Uh, from NBA Draft Blog, man, it's my man Chip Williams Jr. Chip, how you doing?
1: Isaac, I am doing great, man. I uh, I definitely appreciate you having me on. And, uh yeah, man, Southern California is not too bad. Uh, look, I, I miss Memphis every day, but uh, you know, if you had to pick a second place, like <laughs> LA is not too bad. So, <laughs> yeah, man,
0: I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. Uh, man, this is going to be completely off topic. Before we jump into some draft stuff, uh, I remember, I think this, this could have it was a long time ago. It could have been when you first moved out there. I remember you saying that they have a Gus's in LA now. I, I kind of looked that up and saw that Gus's fried chicken has, of course, become a Memphis institution. It was actually. Started up in Mason, Tennessee, and I remember you kind of talking about that. You was gonna gonna try that out there, man. How is the gussets in LA? Is it the same? So the Memphis, how, how's the taste? I'll be honest,
1: it's it's like ninety five percent as good. It is fantastic. Um, I actually had it um, September first, nine oh one day. I was thinking like, man, what could I eat that uh, <laughs> makes me think of Memphis? And Memphis, I yeah. There was a yeah. So. No, it's it's really good. I was shocked at how how good the quality is. It, it, it's pretty similar to the one in Memphis. Yeah,
0: man, they're they're branching out. They got, I think they got one in Chicago now. They got some kind of kind of all over now. So they're they're branching out even Memphis. So it's it's good, man, that you got a got a piece of Memphis out there making
1: enjoying yeah. Gus's
0: fried chicken, man. That's
1: Look, good man, stuff. It's it's great to see local people moving up. So good for Gus's, man. They're they're doing big things. So yeah, it was it was awesome to have one out here.
0: For sure, man. Talking about my guy Chip Williams Jr. from NBA Draft.blog. Blog. Uh, we jump into the draft, man. And every year, you always hear people say, "Oh, this is a good draft," or "This, this, this is a terrible draft. It's a bad draft." Next year's draft is going to be really good. And I, I kind of push back on that. I always tell people, man, there's a, there's always going to be guys in every draft. Obviously, there is more star power at the top of of some drafts. Uh, but when you look at this this year's draft how do you kind of characterize the, the star power at the top of this draft and just kind of the depth overall?
1: Yeah, I think that's always tough. I, I'm kind of with you. It, it's all, I hate when people say like, Oh, this is a weak draft. Oh, this is a strong draft. Oh, this deep draft, top heavy draft. It's always hard to tell, right? Because you're going to have two or three guys that go in the second round in this draft that are going to have really long, productive NBA careers. You're going to have a guy or two that goes in the lottery. That's, Going to end up, you know, not being in the league and and probably not getting much of a second contract. Like it just happens. This thing is not an exact science. It's it's much more of a uh, uh, I don't know. It's a theory type thing, right? Like you're you're trying to draft guys that you want that 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 hit certain benchmarks, right? Athletic benchmarks, game uh, speed benchmarks, just just different stuff that you look for to um, to you know separate prospects. But for me. There's three guys at the top, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, probably in that order that I think could all three be franchise changers. I think if you ended up with one of the first three picks in this draft, you've got a franchise cornerstone moving forward. Um, And that's no disrespect to any of the other guys uh, like Jalen Suggs or Jonathan Kaminga or any of these guys that are Scotty Barnes that are projected up there with them. But I think those three can really uh, be number one players on a NBA title contending team. Uh, But I do think that there's some really good depth, like the Grizzlies having the 17th pick, looking at it from their perspective. You just start going through, you look at the various mock drafts where guys are projecting people to go. There are going to be good prospects available when the Grizzlies come up to select at 17. Um, And I think that honestly continues on through the 20s. And there are even five or six guys in the second round that I think have a really good chance of sticking in the league and contributing. Um, I think it's a really good draft. With three pretty elite prospects at the top,
0: yeah. That, I hate to go into the cliche myself, but I definitely think this draft has some depth. I mean, there's several guys that projected late first into the second round that, that I really like. I think there's some intriguing prospects, some upside guys. Uh, you talk about guys versus a guy like EJ Onu uh, from small school guy uh, who's kind of kind of jumped in some mock boards, mock drafts here of late. Uh, a guy that I think is really interesting. Uh, not the greatest of competition but I mean you you just look at him on film man to see some stuff jumps out on you he's going to be a guy it's, it's going to take some time I mean he's going to be a guy that you yeah. got to probably stash in the G League and and see if he can develop man but he he has some tools man that that, that could be really exciting but you talk about those three guys at the top of the draft consistent number one pick of course is the, no doubt the the one and done sensation out of Oklahoma State K Cunningham and man I'm such a, a big fan of his I think he's generational talent, man. It's the way he can handle the basketball and play on the ball at 6'7", 220. Is just not something you see every day. Uh, you see some pissing writers and fans questioning how he fits with Killian Hayes, and I think those people are crazy, man. I think if you have <laughs> the opportunity to draft a guy like Cade Cunningham, you do it and you're happy about it, man. What, what are your thoughts on Cade and, and his prospects uh, going into the NBA?
1: Yeah, I think first of all, if, if you are starting to draft for your need, especially at the top, that's when you're going to start really messing the draft up. You, you're just going to have to be – you're going to have to find a conviction, someone that you really like in the draft and just draft him. Don't worry about what the fit's going to look like, right? Because by the time this guy pops in three or four years, when he's really ready to contribute at a high level, your roster is going to look nothing like it did on draft day, right? Like, look – think about the Grizzlies roster three or four years ago. It doesn't look anything like it does right now. Um, but for Cage specifically – no, I mean, look. This league has been dominated by guys that look like him, right? These six, six to six foot ten apex predator wings. You have one of those guys, you have a chance to win an NBA title. Um, the way that, I mean, he's he's really a point guard. He's a, he's a primary creator. Yeah, you can run your entire team through Cade Cunningham, right? Um, I know that some people question the athleticism. Some people question the assist to turnover ratio. Just look. This guy's been the best guy in his class. For a very long time, all the way through his high school AAU days, he did nothing at Oklahoma State except look like the guy that should be the number one pick, especially the one that that I I would listen to an argument for is is Evan Mobley. Um, But I just think even if you want to say those are the same prospects, both those guys are great. Just positional value you want to go with Cade Cunningham. Finding guys with his skill set at his size that move like that, um, they just don't come along very often. He's a hes a special prospect. Yeah, I definitely think so. And the thing about him, I think, is you—you
0: you can he can play with anybody. I mean, you talk about whether you can play with Killian Hayes. The fact that he's 6'7", 220 pounds. I mean, you can put him on the ball. He can, he can play off the ball. I mean, you can play him anywhere. So I, I think it's crazy that people are worried about Fit there uh, when you got a a guy of his talents. I don't I don't think you have to worry about that at all. And it, as bad as the Pistons have been for for a long time now, man, they just need good players there, and they definitely got an opportunity to draft one there at the top of the draft. in Nk Cunningham, and I and I kind of think I know where you're going to go from this from your your comments. But after Kade, it, it's kind of where things get a, a bit interesting. I think most draft most mock drafts have the Rockets taking Evan Mosley, seven foot center out of USC, and I, and I do think that that's the direction they go, but. If they don't, let's just say they go Jalen Green. That would make things especially interesting for the Cavs at three who have uh, a nice young center and Jared Allen there. Um, if you're the Rockets, do you go Mobley, or do you take Jalen Green to the pair alongside John Wall?
1: Yeah, man. it's Look, it, it's an interesting spot to be in. I, from If you're asking me personally, I would go Evan Mobley. Um, I think the guy is basically the perfect big man prospect. He's going to end up being... Uh, one of the best, if not the best interior defenders and rim protectors in basketball. And I think that's going to happen very quickly. And then the way this guy moves, man, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. Like, I I remember when Jaron was coming out in the draft, I was like, man, it's it's maybe been since Anthony Davis that we've seen a big that can move as well as Jaron did. And I think Mobley even moves better than Jaron does, like the control that he has, the coordination, the fluidity. Um, the level of skill that he has, the basketball IQ on both ends. I mean, if you are going to build a modern day, what you are looking for in a seven footer, it is Evan Mobley, man. The guy is phenomenal. And that's, that is not to take anything away from Jalen Green. Jay, for, to me coming into this year, I needed Jalen Green to, to kind of prove it to me a little bit. Like these guys come around, right? These six, six guards who, are kind of high-volume guys that can score the ball. And that's great. That's great, you know. If one pops, then you've got a guy that you can build around. And I think Jalen Green showed everybody in the G League this year. He was one of the best players in that league as a teenager. That is just not easy to do. Um, And I think he showed everything that he needed to show. The guy's going to be a future superstar. Um, And so if that's the direction the Rockets went, Like, I wouldn't blame them, you know, with John Wall, Kevin Porter. Like, that would be a really fun backcourt that you'd have going there. Um, And I I don't know. I don't know which direction that they're leaning. Uh, I would assume Mobley, but it's fun. Like, I know some people say the draft starts at five after you get those, you know, perennial or the the guy that the four that everyone thinks are going to go top four. But the draft could really start at two. I mean, because I don't think anyone knows for sure where the Rockets are going.
0: Yeah, and we, when you look at the G League, I, I tell people like, that people don't understand. That's a step up from college. I mean, you have guys that have played oh, in the yeah. NBA. You have guys that play overseas. These are grown men that they're playing against. So when you have a guy that did what Jalen Green did this year, uh, with, with with Ignite, I mean that that really means something. I mean that that shows you because it's definitely a step up from the college level. Because again, you're going up against grown men and guys that are hungry, guys that may have had a cup of tea in the NBA, been to Europe trying to get back. So. Uh, you put up numbers there. I think that that's really impressive, especially for to be 18, 19 years old. Uh, but you switch it over to the Grizz. Uh, well, first off, I want to go back to Evan Mobley. I definitely agree with all your thoughts there. I mean, I, the guy you usually get one or the other. You usually don't get a guy with his fluidity, the guy can move at seven foot, but also brings what he brings on the defensive end. You just usually don't get both with guys. It's usually one or the other. And he's kind of that complete package. Now his offensive game is still evolving, but I agree with you, man. I mean, it's. Some of the skills that he had, that he has at seven foot you just don't see so I think Houston goes Mobley if I'm them I'll go Evan Mobley but I could definitely understand going Jalen Green because I think both of those guys are gonna be All-Star players in the NBA and I don't think there's much doubt about that uh but moving on to the Grizzlies uh the Grizzlies are in an in in interesting position uh which really makes this draft intriguing for them they don't really have minutes or roster spots for a rookie as Uh, we stand today, kind of look at the roster, not a lot of minutes and not a lot of rotation spots uh, for players, but I kind of expect them to do some sort of consolidation uh, between now. I mean, they're kind of loaded on the wing. You kind of got a lot of guys that kind of do the same thing. You need some more size and some some more versatility there. So I I think they do do some consolidation there at some point. So they're kind of in a position where they could draft someone who can help immediately like we've seen them do. You're taking older guys with Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman and even Brandon Clark a couple of years ago, or they could go potential uh, and take a, a flyer on a guy, maybe like a Williams, who has a, a lot of fans among Grizz Nation. He's kind of a raw prospect swing for defenses, a guy that you kind of take and stash down in South Haven for a couple years and, and see what you have, because I mean, they could, they have that time to wait. Cause again, they don't really have roster response. What kind of the, what direction do you think they will go and, and what direction do you think they should go? Oh, man,
1: it's tough. Um, The easy answer is just to say I want Zach Kleiman to to draft who he wants, right? Like that guy just seems (laughs) to get it right every single time. Um, It's a cool spot to be in if you're looking at it from the Grizz perspective. I don't think we've ever felt as good going into draft night with a front office running it as we have. You know, the last couple seasons and, and the proof is certainly uh, on the floor the last couple of years. But, you know, I, if it were me, I, I think it's, it's going to be again, this is a little bit of a cop out answer, but a little bit just how the board falls. Right. There are some interesting guys that could be big time upside uh, upside swings like a Kai Jones, Usman Garuba. So one of the bigger guys that you could end up seeing as a long term partner uh, with Jaron Jackson down low. Um, Then there's kind of like a a Chris Duarte from Oregon, someone that is a little bit older, should be able to step in, provide some size on the wing and have an immediate impact there. Um, You know, it's interesting. Like there's one guy and I think we'll probably talk about him a little later, uh, Cam Thomas. Like I would consider that an upside swing. I have Cam Thomas is not my type of prospect that I would typically fall in love with. But I think the dude's a special score and I could, I see a, a pretty easy role for him at the next level. So um, if you're asking me, I think that the front office has shown that they value uh, ability to contribute pretty early, uh, high basketball IQs, being able to be a two-way player. And so I think that if if I had to guess, they would probably continue that way because they've had so much success. But if they look at it and say, hey, this is a time to take a big swing. I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised either.
0: And so the Grizz are sitting at 17. Uh, we know Kleiman hasn't shied away from from making moves during the draft. And I'm not talking about like big, like going up to the top five or seven, or anything like that. But w- when you look at the second half of the lottery, who would be two guys that, that Chip Williams would look at as trade-off candidates for the Grizz?
1: Um, number one, I, I believe you're also a fan of this guy would be Josh Giddey. Um, for sure. if he's if he starts to slip, maybe like, like pick eight and he's not, he doesn't get picked. I would start calling. I would just see nine, 10, 11, like what's it going to take for us to get up there and be in position to draft this guy? Um, I'm a huge fan. Like these, these six foot eight jumbo creators don't come along that often no. and <laughs> when when they do, you got to go get one because they're they are they're unicorns. I mean, they're special and they're unique, and that's exactly what Giddy is. Uh, number two for me would be Moses Moody. I think he's probably the best fit with the Grizzlies. And it's interesting for me because I think Moses Moody, at least like during the season, everyone pretty much thought he was going to go top ten. That was yeah. probably the back half of the top ten. But you can find mocks now where the Grizzlies pass on him and he falls into the late teens or twenties, yeah. which is crazy to me. Um, I I that would shock me. I mean, that would really, really shock me if that actually happened on draft night. Um, but those are those would be my two guys. If if one of them starts to fall into the late lottery, I would start making calls.
0: Yeah, it's funny because those are exactly my two guys who are on the same wavelength there as far as Booty, I think what's kind of scaring some some teams away, I think, is he didn't suit the basketball well in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament. And I think that kind of kinda shot some people away. And I think that's kind of why you might see the numbers slipping. I still think he probably ends up going in, in the bottom half of the lottery. I'd be surprised if he's there at 17. But if he is, man, that's definitely, I mean, I think prototypical what the Grizz will look for, the size that he brings, a little bit bigger. They need to get bigger on the wing and a guy who can shoot the basketball. I mean, that's definitely what they need. I think you have guys like Bain and, and Allen. I think they just need to get better, bigger. And, I mean, he has a tremendous wingspan. I mean, he's just a great prospect for the Grizz. I would love to for them to get their hands on, on Moody. And as far as Giddy, like you talk about, man, a guy at 6'8", uh, that has the, the court vision, the, the basketball IQ, uh, I mean, you just see some of the passes that he makes. I mean, and I think he's a guy that a lot of people I've, I've talked about Giddy a, a lot and a lot of Grizz fans are like, he doesn't fit because he, he plays on the ball and you have job, but I think he's kind of a guy that you can, you can plug him in anywhere. I think he can fit on any team because I think he can project as a secondary ball handler. You can put him on the ball. He can play with job. I mean, I just think he can do a lot of different things for you. Kind of be kind of a jack of all trades off the bench. So I think he fits on any team. So I'm not worried about the fit at all, but. Those are definitely two guys that if they could move up and not have to give up too heck of a lot, I think those are two guys I would definitely be willing to move up for. Uh, but in talking about guys who were likely be there at 17, um, my top five for the Grizzlies would be, number one, Chris Duarte. Uh, you talked about him a second ago. A little bit older, 24 years old. I think if he was 18, 19 years old, I think you'd be talking about a guy going in the middle of the lottery. I think that's kind of – what's holding them back. Uh, the first round and a lot of GMs look at upside. And once you've been 24 years old, there's not a lot of perceived upside left. But what he does right now is fantastic. I mean, he barely has any weaknesses in his game. I mean, you usually get a guy yep. who's looked at as a scorer, but they're usually not good defender. That's not the, the situation with him. I mean, he can defend. Um, I mean, can, can score from all three levels, uh, bring brings size at six six. I mean, he's a fantastic prospect and I think has probably – one of the safest floors in the draft. I think it's almost 0% that he comes in and, and is a bust. I think at worst, he's a, a rotation player. So I, I don't think there's any question there. And that's kind of why I like him. Trey Murphy, the third um is another guy who's getting some buzz uh, at the combine, a guy who I really like at 6'9". The numbers don't jump out at you because he played at Virginia. Um, and, and that system is more based on the team versus individual play. So a lot of times these guys from Virginia, you kind of have to – evaluate them differently. They're not usually not gonna have these big numbers. I think if he had went to another school, you'd probably see bigger numbers and he might be going higher. Does have some holes in his, holes in his game, but at six nine can really shoot the basketball forty four percent from three. I think was in the 90th percentile on pull up jumpers. I mean he's more athletic than you think. You see some of the dunks that he was doing at the combine. Kinda of has this knock of to not being athletic, but you see some of those dunks. I mean I think that's a little bit overblown. I think the guy is athletic and I think again him playing at Virginia, I think there's another gear that he can go to, maybe something that you haven't seen because of that offense. Uh, A.U. The new is a guy out of Illinois, guard who I really like, combo guard. Uh, Josh Christopher out of Arizona State, and Cam Thomas would be my fifth guy at LSU who can can really score. Those are kind of my top five guys who could really be there at 17, realistically. Who, who, is, who are five guys that, that you like for the Grizzlies that could
1: realistically be there? ok, so number one for me, we we touched on him is Moses Moody, and I, I put him at number one just because you you will find quite a few mocks that have him there at seventeen. And if he's there, I just oh, for sure. I don't, sure. I don't yeah. yeah, I don't think there's much thought. you just draft him, right? He makes way too much sense. Um two for me, this guy would probably have to fall a little bit um would be Franz Wagner. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm a huge fan. Like, I, I think the guy just, he knows how to play basketball and not just on the offensive end on the, he's a tremendous team defender. Um, this is a guy that I, I could really see the the front office being very high on. He fits the IQ. He's got a projectable jump shot. Did not shoot it great from three, but 32%, not the end of the world was an over 80% foul shooter. Um, really good team defender found himself in passing lanes. Uh, All the time on a really good Michigan team probably was their best player, especially after Isaiah Livers went down. Uh, Number three is Corey Kispert. I I just the the jump shot, man, like uh, I just can envision that guy with Desmond Bain out there watching Ja do his pick-and-roll stuff, and you you cannot help off of him. Uh, Same thing with Desmond Bain. You cannot help off of that guy because they're going to make you pay from three. It would just continue to add floor spacing for the Grizzlies. Um, Four is Chris Duarte for me as well. I watched, I think, three Oregon games over the weekend. The guy is just unreal, man. I mean, it it sucks that he's 24 because I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's it. if, if, If he was three years younger... He's a lottery pick, without question. Um, Yeah, but the problem is he's he's not. He's twenty four, and I I actually just tweeted he's he's a year older than De'Anthony Melton. De'Anthony's (laughs) about to go into his fourth NBA fourth year. Yeah, Um, yeah, but he's six six, which I think you said it earlier. Getting size on the wing is huge. The Grizzlies have like a a De'Anthony Melton, a Grayson Allen. They have some of these, even Desmond Bain. Not you know they need the six six plus wings now, Um, and and I think that. You know, that's kind of a theme here with, with my first four available uh, that I would like for them to take at 17. And then five, I, I cheated a little bit. Um, I said a big, and I've got three names listed down. Kai Jones, Isaiah Jackson, Usman Garuba. I could, I, I, it's not the direction that I think they will go, but if they draft one of those three, I think you would pretty much immediately see Jonas Valanciunas moved and that would be a move towards the future, right? The the future pairing of either a backup to a Xavier Tillman starting with Jaron, or they think that that guy can start next to Jaron long term.
0: Yeah, I had not done a lot of work on Garuba until the, the last couple of weeks or so, uh, because I, like you said, I don't think that's the direction they go. But after watching him, I mean, he's a tremendous defender. I mean, I think day one, he'll be able to defend in the NBA. So I'm a little bit more intrigued after, after watching him, but I've been watching a lot of film on him lately. I um, mean, you see a lot of mocks that have him mocked to the grid, so we'll see what yep. happens. Again, I don't, I don't think that's the direction they'll go, but, I mean, he is a guy that I think no doubt his, his defense will translate. The offensive game is kind of where you, you have questions, but, I mean, I, I, day one I think he'd fit in and, and, and be able to defend. Uh, but when you look at this draft, if you had to pick one guy that's not getting a lot of pub uh, that you really like, a, a sleeper, so to speak, uh, who, who who would that guy be?
1: So I went with Cam Thomas. Um, I think that Cam Thomas has a chance to be a pretty special player on the offensive end in of the NBA. The way that this guy draws fouls is like a 10 year NBA vet. Um, he has got uh, like truly unlimited shooting range. He's an over 90% foul shooter. I mean, he is a special, special shooting prospect. He can shoot off the dribble. He can catch and shoot. He can create his own shot. Um, I said it earlier, this is not typically the guy that I would fall for. Um, I'm usually pretty wary of the Gunners and and how how much they actually impact winning in the NBA, but I think you've seen it this playoffs that when everything slows down and, and your offense is not going the way you want it to go, to have a guy like a Cam Thomas who can go create his own shot is so valuable. I mean, look at what Jordan Clarkson just did for the Utah jazz. Right. And if you were getting that guy in the late teens or the twenties, and he ends up being anything close to a Clarkson type player, or even like Reggie Jackson, what he did for the Clippers early on in the playoffs, like that is, that is valuable. And I don't know that the Grizzlies have something like that right now. I know it's probably a, a sleeper overall for the draft, but I think it could also apply. Like if the Grizzlies pulled the trigger on him at 17, it would make some sense and it would, it would be exciting as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't have, don't have that guy. I mean, that Lou Williams, the microwave-type guy that can just come in off the bench and get a bucket. So that's definitely a, a need of theirs. They needed that for a long time. I mean, he's a bit undersized in terms of his height, but, yeah. I mean, he's built well, uh, high-level athlete. I mean, plays hard, does have a motor uh, that 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 never quits. And, again, man, a guy can just score from all three levels, can get to the basket. Like you said, man, gets, he has a floater game, which is – in with this team. We know this team loves the floater. He has that in his <laughs> yeah. game, and he really – can creative on his layups, man. He can get to the basket and score in a variety of ways. He gets to the free throw line, like you said, knocks down free throws at about a 90% clip. So I, I like him a lot. I mean, if especially if they get into a situation where they decide to trade down. You look at those two picks with Houston, 23-24, could be there. Mm-hmm. I think the Knicks, Knicks have a couple picks there in, in the bottom of the first round. So if they decide to do something like that, he'd definitely be a guy – along with Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. I know they worked him out the other day. got yeah. uh, Godson of, of Grizzly's executive, on Prince, so kind of a connection there. Also seems to be have a good connection with Josh, so that's kind of something to look at. I had no word on how that, that workout went, but they did bring him in, so those are two guys that I would look at there that I think are kind of upside picks, so I agree with you there, uh, but but um, again, I think there I mean, there's so many guys uh, in, in this draft that all, like in that range, so I wouldn't mind them maybe moving down and, and picking up a couple picks there. I think that would be, be really good to get to pick up two of these guys that have two bullets in that area of draft yep. would be fantastic. Uh, but I uh, agree have a, a pick at 51, but I, I have a feeling they could do some maneuvering there in the second round. Uh, who who are some guys
1: projected in the second round that, that you like? Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, you, you look at climate's history. Um, he's not afraid to make a move and go get his guy, right? Like, he, he's done it with Desmond Baines, Xavier Tillman, uh, even Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, there yeah. A couple spots, yep. So he, he'll do it, right? So um, these guys are kind of projected all throughout the second round. I think I've got maybe six names here. Um, two guys that are not totally similar, but a little bit similar, that will likely be there in that 51 range. One is uh, Sam Hauser. Um, a, yeah, the Virginia. A big a, big, big yeah. Virginia jump shooter. Yep. I, I think the guy can really stroke it and has played a lot of high-level college basketball and knows how to play the game. I could see them. Like, you know, they they brought in Killian Tilly. They brought in Jonte Porter. He's kind of of that mold. And of that mold as well is also Matthew Hurt from Duke. Um, yeah. He's not the best athlete. He's uh, on
0: my list. I,
1: I, okay. Good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the guy can play. I just like Matthew Hurt. I, if you told me that he had an eight-year NBA career, it would not surprise me one bit. Um, let's see. And then three guys that are probably likely to be, uh, you know, more like 30 to 45, certainly top half of the first round. Um, first is, uh, Nashawn Highland bones. Highland. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Just so great. Like an insane sniper. Just what a shooter. Um, The guys, like, he can the same thing, a little Cam Thomas-ish in where he can do it off the dribble, he can do a catch-and-shoot, super quick release, nice long body, like maybe has some defense to him too. Um, He's fun. Uh, He may end up going in the first round, but I know a lot of mocks have him slipping into the second. So if he ends up there, that's a guy I'd be making calls about. Um, Herb Jones, which is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, Just a versatile defensive weapon. Um, He was probably the best player on a great Alabama team last year. One SEC player of the year. Um, Tremendous, tremendous defender. Like total Swiss Army knife, can kind of defend every position. Um, Offensively, he's going to have to make some strides to – be an impactful offensive player in the NBA, but I like the, I like the length. I like the size. I like the athleticism. Um, and I I just love the defensive toolkit that he brings. And then my last guy, this guy was a disappointment and he he's falling into the second round, but it taught uh, BJ Boston, um, about a guy who has the body, the profile, the you know, everything that you're looking for in a wing, except he was just not good on a Kentucky team that was disastrous last year. Um, so here's the thing, uh, Isaac. I'm i i have I'm done being fooled by Kentucky guys being <laughs> not so good at Kentucky and then being awesome in the NBA. So I'm putting him on the list. And if he's good in the NBA, it wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, man, he, he's a guy who was projected, you look a year ago, projected to be top 10 pick. And now he's... Yep top of the second round. I mean, the shot just wasn't falling at Kentucky, but like you said, man, body-wise, and you just look at him, prototypical typical NBA wing that, that you want, so if he can get that shot to fall, I think he'll definitely outperform second-round pick, but we had some of, some of the same guys that Matthew Hurd is a guy I really like out of Duke uh, covering Memphis. He was a Memphis target for a while, so I watched mm-hmm. him a lot in, in, in Minnesota coming out of high school. Uh, just high release on his shot. Doesn't take a lot of room to get it off, man. Just hit these Just weird fadeaway shots. Uh, Better in in the paint than you'd expect. Uh, Not really strong, but really crafty around the basket. Can really, really find ways to score in there. So I I like Matthew Hurd a lot. He's on my list. Bones Highland, like you said, is another guy who think shot almost eight threes a game at a really high Mm -hmm. clip uh, at at VCU. So I really like him a lot. Uh, Joe Wieskamp out of Iowa is a guy who's got a lot of buzz uh, at the combine. He's rising up. I think he'd be a draft.net even and has him in the first round now. Was projected at the bottom of the first round. Forty-two inch vertical can, can really shoot the basketball. About 6'8". Six, six, so I like I like guys that can shoot that with, with size, and the Grizzlies need, need that. And I think he's a guy come in and been more athletic. He even said he surprised himself that he didn't know he could jump that high, but one of the, <laughs> the highest at the, at the top the Josh Primo uh, is mm-hmm. a guard, really young, eighteen years old, out of Alabama, uh, who I think I mean you look at that. I mean six, I think six five, six nine wingspan. Uh, with that link and can guard to one two and three really young i mean he's going to be a guy that you got to stash down in the g league for a while but if he pans out i mean i think his potential is off the chart so those are some of the guys i like uh down in the second round but it's going to be an intriguing draft man i'm excited about it i think the grizzlies are in a unique position we're a playoff team this year so they're not in the top of the lottery but but still could go either way could, Again, stick with their mo and bring in these older guys like a Chris Duarte. I, he's at the top of my list. He's number one mm-hmm. before them. So if they they could go that direction or they could go direction and bring in, like I said, take a upside swing. So that's gonna be fun to see. Uh, I, I think they're in a great spot there in 17. So excited about it. Still a few weeks out, but man, we we we've been talking a lot of draft here. Who who ball, man. We're gonna continue talking draft, and I, I love this time of year, man. One of my favorite times to to break down and, and watch these prospects, especially guys that that you haven't, you haven't really watched a lot to kind of learn about them i have fun doing that but again man uh, thanks for taking a little
1: time to join us man before you get out of here let people know where they can find you yeah uh first of all i really appreciate you having me on um but yeah man it's been too long it has sure. been it has been uh yeah please give me a follow uh chip williams jr chip williams jr on twitter um uh, maybe not quite as active as i once was but I, i'll I'll sneak attack some, uh, some takes, so you, you never know when I'm coming off.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, definitely, definitely go over there and give him a follow. At Chip Williams Jr.
1: On, on Twitter, man. Man
0: knows this stuff when it comes to the draft for sure, man. I mean, you can give us a follow at Hoopball Grids. Make sure you go over there. Give us a follow. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Me and David will be back on Wednesday at Mavs Blog. Uh, join us, Draft Guy. Uh, hope he ain't Locked On the Grab podcast. He's going to join us on Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, until next time, we go. This has been a hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.